Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's gonna hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's gonna make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Friday the 13th, which is lucky for you because we're back. I'm Harriet Langley Swindon, and this is Still Nonsensored. Hello, and welcome back to the first Nonsensored of 2023. We're back with more highlights from my very, very real daily radio show, and I'm joined, as ever, by producer Martin. Did you have a good Christmas, Martin? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, Christmas time. It, it, it was actually quite stressful in places, to be honest. Right, right. well, that's that's odd, because Jonathan and I visited you on, on Boxing Day and you seemed fine. Still, uh, it, it, it was nice to get a break from work, you know? <laughs> little, little little break from work. Yes, we all need a break once in a while. I mean, I certainly did. And we, we've had our first full week back on air and we've had loads of great items and guests. But as ever, there was stuff we just didn't have time to include in this Highlights podcast. Uh, yes, I mean, for one thing, all the legally mandated corrections to some of the things you said last year that we... Had to read out. Uh, well, we didn't have time for those here. <laughs> yes, that was boring. Ugh, cut them out. We also didn't have time for our regular men's self-help segment. Yeah, that's uh, actually cancelled until further notice. What? Yeah, yeah, the presenter has some legal trouble in Romania. Uh, so we just need to wait and see what actually happens with that. Oh, that's a shame. He seems like such a nice man. But one thing that's new for 2023 is we want to hear more from you, the listener. So if you have a question for me and can't get through to the daily phone in which is, as I said, very real, you can now email us a voice note at nonsensedpodcast at gmail.com. That's nonsensedpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be trying to do one question time podcast a month. So get emailing. Actually, we, we legally can't call it that, but... Um, anyway, can... our first item this week is with suspended Conservative MP Andrew Bridgen. Absolutely wonderful that he came on the show. I don't think he's, he's done that anywhere else. So let's have a listen. Andrew, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Lovely to have you. I mean, f first interview from you, I think, since since yes. your suspension. Yes. And I, I want to start by, by saying, really, mm. why are you being silenced by your own party? Well, I don't know, really. I mean, 
Quite frankly, I am actually confused. I don't know whether it's because of the lobbying thing that got me suspended from Parliament on Tuesday or the vaccine thing that got the Conservative whip. I mean, I, I'm literally confused. I don't know which one we're talking about today. Which one is it? Is it the fact that I broke the lobbying rules or is it the vaccine thing? Oh, I, I mean, I, all I'm hearing really is that you've been cancelled. I mean, mm, I, mean I, I, I think regardless of what you did or what you said, mm. really, it, it's this absolutely shameful cancellation of one of uh, our, uh, you know, beloved MPs. Well, well thank you. When will you. it end? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean, listen to this. That is the sound of me having been silenced by the left, by the right, by the middle, by the high and by the low, because yes. they yes. can't handle the right. truth. Yeah. Oh, oh, my goodness. Isn't it sad, Producer Martin, that Andrew has come on the show and yet he's already censoring himself? Yes, I can't even say what I want to say about you, Producer Martin, particularly. Mm. Oh. Yes, yes. What, do you have strong uh, feelings the... about me? Oh, it's I only mean, one syllable. Um, Andrew, I feel like we may have gone down a little bit of a rabbit hole with uh, your feelings towards mm. me. Uh, I think what a lot of people yes. would like to hear about is your feelings um, about uh, vaccines and your comparing them to the Holocaust. Yes, I mean, I said that uh, the vaccines are the biggest crime since the Holocaust, which is only a bad thing if you assume that I think the Holocaust was a big crime or a bad thing. And that's a big assumption on your part, because many members of my party don't seem that bothered by the Holocaust at all. Right. That's a good point. Well. That's a good point. Never assume, I suppose, that's the, the thing. You know what they say about here. assumptions, you know? Assumptions are shit. That's very true the, also. Yes. Uh, but, Andrew, you've, you've been sort of talking about this for some time now, haven't mm. you? You've yes. been sort of talking to, I think, journalists tweeting yes. about yeah. your, your views. Yes, silenced. Um, and saying you've got it from all sorts of sources. I did, yes. Well, I mean, I'm doing this mm. to raise awareness, particularly to raise awareness of Andrew Bridgen. But I've heard this from yes. all sorts of sources. Um, there was one at MI5, there was one at MI6, there's one at MI7, wow, really? and one oh from MI8. Yes. All I need now is MI9. That's all the MIs to have told me. Unless they've got more secret MIs they haven't wow. told me about. Wow. But how amazing that this this sounds like a... I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. No. But it sounds like you're being told all these things from all these Emmys. Mm. Yes. And and yet that the media are silencing you. I mean, no one, it's extraordinary when you think about it. No one reports on it. No one says these things apart from Neil Oliver on GB wow. News, most of Talk TV, Talk Radio, Sky News and Fox. No one's talking mm. about it. And the Telegraph and the yeah. Times, obviously. No one's talking about it. And the it, Mail and it, the Express. It's almost like, I mean, you are being silenced by the media. You, mm. the, the, they're, they're persecuting you. They can't bear they, to they hear just, anything. They just, don't, they just silence people like you. Once again, I, I mean, I probably should just flag up that we we are currently on the air so that i mean this is probably quite literally the opposite of being silenced but, it, but, but interestingly martin when you said um, that we had to stop talking so you were literally silencing us to tell us that right yeah. so dialogue in a way is oppressive mm. because it's not yes. giving you it's 50 percent silence just say see, martin you now want. you're getting I the see. idea right. of it okay. yes Mm. You, Martin, really, you're you're kind of the silencer on on this uh, program. I, I've yeah. been actually, Andrew. I've been thinking that for some time now that Martin is the kind of censorous force of non-censored. Mm. I agree, and I think uh, the, the problem well, is I that mean, when the left if... demand a voice, they are by definition semi-silencing 
the rest of us by expecting us to listen to them. Yes, it's so true. It is so true. Every time producer Martin opens his mouth, I'm going, Mm. oh, well, I've been silenced again. Great. (laughs) Um, I'll just listen to what he has to say. It's usually rubbish. No, I don't agree with a lot of what you're saying, but then I haven't done any research, so it's it's kind of hard for me really to disprove anything you're saying at all. Mm. And and to me, it's fascinating that you've heard this from so many different sources. Yes, I mean we I've heard a lot from a lot of different people, um, a lot of different MPs, yeah. some of whom go to different parliaments, all wow. of this information. And the thing is, we all have to do our own research, don't we? Because we're all given this information by scientists, and you know. Yeah. Do they do research? Who knows? We don't know. There's no way of knowing. That's true. I no. think that's I think that's part of their job. Uh, research is probably quite an important part oh, of their job. You would say that. Uh, I mean, that it's sounds just, to me again like I the think, silencing left. Yeah, well, no, it's just part. part they were in mid flow. It's the job description, isn't it? It's just what they do. I think. Um, well, but yes, I no, mean, it um, is it is impressive when you can say that you've had uh, sources. You know, especially mm-hmm. um, unverified yeah. ones. Um, uh, they've been verified. They, I verified them. I asked them to um, hold up a picture, copy of today's newspaper when they talked to me on Zoom and um, their ID. So I know who they are. There you go. There you go. You can't argue with that, Martin. No. I mean, no, some of them didn't have ID, but they held up sure. other like mugs with their name on. Yeah. Now, one thing you said was that you've been reliably informed that the government knew the pandemic was coming six months before it happened. Yes. Um, that was now that was when Boris. You wow! So right. that's quite a big claim. So Boris Johnson knew about the pandemic. Yes. Did nothing. Yeah. No, deliberately caught it early on because, again, forgetful mm. man. Lots of drink involved. Yes. But lovely. Wow. A great character. I mean, that's good time Boris for you, isn't it? He's just, yes. he's just, he's just a cheeky chappy. You can't this, blame him for 200,000 dead. No, no, he was just oh. having little drinks. This does little feel tipple. like a rather large exclusive that, that Boris Johnson knew about the pandemic six months before it happened. Boris Johnson knows about loads of things well, that he doesn't uh, act on at all. He's a lazy drunkard who we all love. He probably doesn't even remember the next morning when you tell him, by the way, Boris, him. the Chinese are planning to attack in the morning. He won't do anything about it. This, oh, bless uh, him. I miss him. Feels like... Um, Me too, I miss him. He might win us a Pulitzer, actually, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, something has well, to. that would be lovely. Well, and yes. I, I think that's that's a good note to end, end, end mm. this, this absolutely uh, wonderful interview. Thank you, Andrew. Well, thank um, you for having you me. You've so much. And I'm so sorry that you've been cancelled by everyone. Me too. I couldn't be more silent. Now, I don't know about you, Martin, but I am fed up of hearing from Prince Harry. Moan, moan, moan. Spare us. I don't want to hear any more about it. Bored, bored. Well, I mean, if if that's how you really feel, we don't actually have to include any think to do with the uh, the the new book of Prince Harry's we we could talk about lots of other things i mean there's the ongoing war in ukraine no. i think we could do a deep dive into you know the developments there no no martin no no i want to talk about how everyone is talking about Prince Harry. So, of course, we got on royal correspondent nicola witchell to talk about his new book spare if you want to hear the full two-hour interview, you'll have to download the Nonsensored Player app. But here's a taste of what you missed. 
Nicola, how wonderful to have you back on the show. Oh, Harriet, thank you. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be here. Now, you're here to talk about Prince Harry's book, Spare. Oh, Ugh, yes. Please. Much to I my mean, chagrin. Enlighten us. Mm, well, yes. the crown prince of only wanting privacy on his terms, which none yes. of the rest of us want privacy on our terms, do we? They only want privacy no, on don't. their terms, does Crown Prince Harry of Sussex, yes, and and he, he's come out and written a book, something that would have devastated Diana. That's the thing, Nicola, isn't it? I mean, you just think Diana would be turning in her grave at this, absolutely turning in her grave. A woman who showed nothing but respect and reverence to the royal family for her entire time within it would have been just disgusted at the sassing off that's been happening with the Sussex couple. And a woman who understood the importance of privacy. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. She didn't want privacy only on her terms, did she? No. Right till the end, she didn't. I've got to say, um, you know, just one man's opinion, but it seems that perhaps um, his mother, uh, Diana, would have maybe encouraged him expressing his feelings. Uh, I know she was very pro uh, books in general and literature. Um, You know, I mean, it's hard to say how anyone would have responded in this particular Martin, I just feel that you've been watching too many Diana films. Uh, Martin... Uh, Nicola loves Diana films. He's watched them all. What was your favourite one, Martin? Was it the... um, my favourite Diana film? It was, it was probably Diana. Yes, there we go. Just go with there the Well, I have to say, I don't know why up. we're bringing this up. This is a, 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 a woman who, who never asked for privacy and now look at what her son is doing to her dislike of privacy. He's asking for it. Well, I say no. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, he talks about privacy, but then he's sort of gallivanting around promoting a book. Uh, hello? Yes. If you want privacy... Go, you know, go and live in Scotland. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Which is what his grandmother did in the end. Yes. Her Majesty Elizabeth II, the Queen. Oh, R.I.P. Oh, we miss you, Lizzie, every yes, day. Yes, R.I.P. Taken day. too soon because of them as well. It was in the autopsy. They cut her open and outspilled the words, Megan done it. Do you well, think the Queen would have read it? No, she had too much dignity. She would not have read it. She would have perhaps done something akin to an ostrich, buried her head in the sand, the only dignified response to this. <clears throat> Which yeah, would I, also I be quite impressive right. for a 97-year-old uh, woman to achieve, I, I think. Um, Nicola, I, well, I she do could do anything. have a... Well, yes. Yeah, no, she's a very, very talented woman, definitely. Um, I do have one question, which is, um, do you not feel that perhaps the timing of the release of the book was in some way influenced by the passing of the Queen and the fact that out of respect, he may have sort of uh, held back from uh, letting this out until she had uh, passed so he could really, you know, release his truth? Mm, Perhaps. Perhaps. I, I believe that uh, 
This is probably one of the only battles within his marriage that he won because Meghan the Sussex would have wanted it out as soon as possible. She'd have wanted it all out there. She'd have been chanting behind the scenes in her American accent. Do it now! Do it now! Release it now! I mean, so Nicola, what I think's funny is how many people queued to in, in Waterstones Piccadilly for the for the book. One late, one lady, one, one sad lady, little lady. Not we even all a queue, saw is it. it. It's just a person standing. It's just a lady, one lady. Well, and the fact is, it shows that no one's interested in a book. And this yeah. would normally be the the first occasion that there would be queues at the beginning of January when it's raining. That's when you'd expect there to be queues. Exactly. Um, what an embarrassment, uh, Harry. What an embarrassment. I feel I should flag up the fact that um, there's been around 400,000 copies already sold. That was on pre-order mainly um, because we are in 2023 where mainly people buy their books online I think I mean the thing is Martin everyone everyone buys things by accident online I I bought a blow up swimming pool by mistake the other day you never know yeah, it could be. I buy things and I can't remember uh, buying them because I, I am off my head. That's the thing, isn't it? You get the sherry out, you have a final time before you know it, you've bought a whole room full of things. First the yeah, sobbing, sure. then the buying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. People people all around the country buying Harry's book spare because they, they were probably trying to get a spare tyre. That's probably what was happening. Yes, because people are... Busy. It's 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 possible, but that that many uh, mistakes would actually, in any given year, put his book into probably the top ten best-selling books oh, of the all year. All right, Martin. I don't, yes, the, I don't need all this clever, clever. Uh, look through. at I my mean, just facts that I've facts, just googled. Just, no, it's yeah, just. Yeah, well, it's not. I mean, this is not numbers. the place for it. I mean, really, don't believe everything you read. Are you? you know, I should know better. Exactly. I mean, you just where are you getting these numbers? There's a lot of things off, said. I think you're probably getting them off Harry. You're probably getting them on of Harry's Twitter feed, aren't you? I, he's probably no. always tweeting his stupid things. The, the man who wants privacy tweeting he's... about his how many book sales he's got. He he said that anyone can be a royal correspondent. All you have to do is relentlessly peddle anything the palace says. Well, that simply isn't true. Not anyone can be a royal correspondent. Meghan the Sussex couldn't. Exactly. I'm sorry, Nicola, but you're clearly wonderful at your job. And the idea that anybody could could do that really is quite insulting. I am qualified and paid. Moving on, I I do also want to to talk about the, the damage... Harry is doing to the royal family. Mm. I mean, Prince William is going to be King William one day. And mm. it's incredibly disrespectful to to talk about you know this this so-called fight. Uh, that's that's going to do William a lot of damage. It, I, it just seems to me extraordinary. Think um, of the damage you are doing, Harry, by spilling out there things that happened and were said. Just putting them out there. That was a private brawl between two men in their 30s. Yes. Why is he telling the world about it? That's damaging. Exactly. Well, it was a private little punch. And, and that's mean, where it, it should, should stay. 
there <laughs> is an argument that says um, perhaps William was in the wrong for punching his brother and that Harry was entitled to uh, tell the truth about it. So maybe if, if they didn't want the bad thing to be talked about, um, he shouldn't uh, have done the bad thing. Sorry, Martin. Sorry, Martin. Would you, would you be happy, people, people knowing, knowing about the punches you've pulled in life? What, would you be the, happy people people telling that? I think if I I don't really punch people, but if I did punch someone, I think I'd what it a would liar. be fairly understandable that they'd want to complain. What? I don't. Well, I you're don't, obviously I'm not, not a, a brother in your thirties because they all punch each other. That's what they do. Boys will be boys. Yeah, well, I thirty mean, thirty something boys will be thirty something boys. Millennials punch by then. Yes, but we don't hear about it because they keep it private. Exactly. Are you dignity. Talking about boxers. Have you have you got confused with boxers because they punch? No, but Martin. I, I think brothers, not boxers. Brothers. Brothers. I just. Okay, fair enough. Sometimes also, brothers, they kick kick other brothers on the shins. And throw them on a dog bowl and tell the world, why not? Basically, the first rule of Fight Brother Club is don't talk about Fight Brother Club. Yes, shut up about it! That's why it's a club! Did they know it was a club? Was Harry aware? Well, obviously, Martin, you're not a member. Nicola Witchell, thank you. Well, yes... And next we had podcast friend Ishan Akbar back in the studio. Oh, yes, a new year, but still that same fire as ever. Yes, oh, yes. What a wonderful man. Uh, he, He had some very interesting things to say about Rishi Sunak and the NHS. Ishan Akbar, happy 2023 to you. Happy 2023 to you and all. How are you? Oh, very good. Thank you. A new dawn, a new day, a new year. Indeed, a new dawn, a new day, and a new year indeed. But the same old, same old moaning, whinging people, eh? Oh, I know. Always. I mean, that's what we do here. We expose the whinging people and it's not stopping this year. That's what, that's what I'm here to tell you. Absolutely, absolutely. And as, uh, I'm delighted to be back. Uh, Producer Martin, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I, uh, you know, don't want to start on the wrong foot. I think we have more that connects us than divides us. But I would say that uh, some people actually have quite legitimate concerns. And, uh, you know, to call it whinging is probably belittling the whole situation. I mean, we don't want to call it whinging. We'll just call it moaning, shall we? (laughs) Well, it's the same, isn't it? Moaning myrtles, the lot of them. But uh, one thing that it doesn't change is Ishan Akbar's hot and spicy takeaway of the week. And uh, this is our first hot and spicy takeaway of 2023. Ishan, what is it? Well, you may have seen already uh, the the moaners are very much out in force. Uh, Rishi Sunak, our uh, esteemed prime minister our billionaire prime minister was quizzed as to whether he whether or not he uses uh, private healthcare services and his reticence to answer the question uh, led people to conclude that perhaps the prime minister of the united kingdom 
doesn't use the National Health Service. And a lot of people thought, oh, this is a terrible thing. My hot and spicy takeaway is this. He's the Prime Minister. Why should he use NHS services? You don't want the Prime Minister queuing up for eight hours to be seen by a triage nurse. It's ridiculous. If you want him to run the country, he needs to get access quickly. And the only way you get access quickly is in the private health service. And also, he's the Prime Minister. He shouldn't be calling up, you know, Ashford Medical Centre at 8am being number six in the... He's the Prime Minister, for goodness sake. So you think, you think Ishan, that there are certain people who kind of deserve private health care? Absolutely. Um, is, is that what you're saying? Whether you're Prime mm-hmm. Minister, a CEO, someone who is worth a lot of money, is valuable to the country, you are a leader, you should not be waiting in the queue like the rest of us. Well, not but me. Ishan, do you, do you not think that perhaps if you're um, in government, uh, particularly the head of government, uh, you should have uh, a commitment to the National Health Service, that you should have an invested interest in uh, improving it to show that you're, you, you are one of commit- the people, you are uh, oh, a spokesperson no, listen, for the people? You can commit to whatever you like. He can throw £10 billion a day or three hundred fifty million pounds a week. Well, that would be NHS wonderful. I, well, I don't mind. Do you know, but he's, do you know what I'd say? Oh, it. Uh, the thing is, Ishan, you talk about throwing money at the NHS. That's the problem. The NHS really is a millstone around all our necks. And I think, I mean, I have two things to say about this. One, I don't understand the reticence. Just admit it. Just admit it, Rishi. Two, everyone should should have private. Everyone should have private health care. Well, do away I, with the NHS. Think, yes, get rid of it. Doesn't work. Well, I mean, it's just from a, nurses, isn't it? From I hate to bring up facts and figures, but from an economic standpoint, the NHS does save the taxpayer uh, a lot more money than it would cost if we were to have private health care in a similar system to oh, I don't uh, the think US. That's true. I, I think what you, absolute rot, What you've Martin. done there is just take us some statistics that back up your argument. And I don't think that's yes, true Yes, that's, that's exactly is, what you've done. You've just yeah. brought in some facts. Doesn't there is count. No way, there is no way that having a private health care system is more expensive than having an NHS. Because look, with a private health care system, with an NHS, you have to look after everybody. Rich, Poor, left, right, doesn't matter which side of the political spectrum you're on, you get looked after by the NHS. On the private healthcare system, it's only the very rich and the people who agree with it. If you're one of these NHS numpties for whom all the NHS can never be uh, got rid of, then don't use a private healthcare system. Uh, Sorry, we've got a private healthcare system now. You can't make the appointment. See you later. Bye-bye. Au revoir. Au revoir. Yes. And I think, look, everybody deserves the right to private health care if they can afford it. And, you know, I always say, if you can't afford Jimmy Choo's, don't get Jimmy Choo. But if you can't afford to get ill, don't get ill. Yes. That's how it should work. I I think it's a bit more like uh, borrowing. You you see, um, you know how you don't always need to mow your lawn. But sometimes you might need to mow your lawn. You probably don't need 
a lawnmower for everyone on the street. You could just share one, and that would be a lot more cost. She's talking about if I need the, if I need someone to mow the lawn, as you well know, Martin, mm. I give you a call and I go, That's Martin, true. it's it's getting out of control. Why yes. have you not been round? And you, need but to then then you come round, you do a little tree. little moan, and you you, you for know. the next few weeks, your lawnmower stays in your shed, um, whereas it could be the more cost-effective approach would be to share that, to share the burden. Everyone would be get would get nice, lovely, clean, healthy lawns and uh, it, it wouldn't everyone cost gets so much. One because they'd be sharing my lawnmower. Everyone gets one lawnmower. Yes, lawn what's mower. going on? What? It doesn't seem... That's it's, four it's lawn lawnmower. I don't want people sharing my lawnmower. It's called you sort of social enterprise. All that work being handled by so many people, one poor lawnmower... Think about the lawnmower. You, you can get a much better Absolutely lawnmower. Disgusting. No, I'm sorry. I, I don't want I'm, anyone touching my lawnmower apart from the people who mow my lawn. The, yeah, just okay. Yeah, just delete the lawnmower alone because you just want Absolutely. your lawnmower. I mean, lawnmower, it's, I, it's actually you, a bit perverted, Martin. What you're implying? What, what sharing? Going in there, putting their dirty mitts well, on they my could lawnmower. Wear gloves. They might wear gardening gloves. Just Absolutely mowing different revolting. bushes. Oh, gross, yes. Well, I mean, it's all the yeah. same ground, isn't Man, it? Man your own bush. This isn't an advert for Manscaped. I don't think they're sponsoring us anymore, Ishan. Um, I just think that universal healthcare, uh, as a basis, it, it should be supported by the government. And what better way to support it... Why? Than to Sorry, why? Than, well, because otherwise people will just become very ill and die and bring Martin, a different kind of financial is burden on universal. Society. Health isn't universal. So how can we have universal health care? Like, I'm a far more virile man than you are. We have well, got I different mean, that's, health Well, I mean, it's very needs. hard to prove that. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's very easy. I think we can it's look It's not. I mean, is you. there a way we can prove that? We could, we could no, do something No, I don't think to, it's helpful. Why would it be good thing to have test. on the record, wouldn't it? Why would it be useful to have on the record? Why do we know... To, how do you... Like, I have children. I've had sex. Yeah, not very, yeah but this, not very good this children, is, are Okay. They? Well, this is somewhat distracted from the point, which is that Rishi Sunak is thinking of establishing some kind of two-tier system by which the NHS is for poor people and is of low importance, whereas his private health care is the kind of thing that uh, he can afford and therefore he feels should be encouraged. Correct. I so think, he should. Well, I, because he well, is the there, prime I'm, minister. He's a global world leader. You don't expect global world leaders to queue up with everybody else. He should have his own private healthcare system. Similarly with CEOs and YouTube influencers, people who make real, concrete difference to British economy. They are important. I just don't think. I just think it should be anyone who's got the money. If you and I mean, at the moment, the NHS is just full of sort of moaning nurses who have coffee breaks. I so, think there should be a minimum uh, wealth requirement to access healthcare services in the UK. Yes. Okay. Yes. No. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. But I mean, we there would be a lot of sickly and and ultimately dead people. Then oh, lying Martin, on our they streets. can go and live in a cave. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I, I've been an advocate for a long time now for uh, bringing back, you know, cave people, Caves. people that you can't see that live underground. And also, here's the other thing that people don't seem to have forgotten about this argument is rich people have, well, powerful people have different health needs to poor people. 
powerful people have things like gout. That's very true. I mean, there's poor people that get gout too. No, I mean, from what? I think it's so, Martin. I don't think gout is is almost like a you know a badge of. Well, it's kind of like a badge of honor, actually. Yeah, badge of power. Yeah, badge of power. What's a good poor people disease? Um, Flu. What influenza? It's one of the most popular viruses out there. People love it. They're always getting it. Yeah. Yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah. I, I feel like powerful people don't have time for influenza. They're too busy no. influencing. <laughs> that's no. That was very good. Don't, that's that not it. I don't. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what the good thing about that one, Ishan, was I, it took me a moment. Yes. And that's what all good jokes do, is Absolutely. you don't get them straight away. No. But you think about them and you yes. go, oh, A genius. Wow. Really brilliant. Really makes you think. Oh, Great. Well, I think with that joke, Ishan wins the debate. So, well done, what? Ishan. Thank you very much. How is that? Uh, yep. That's not how debates work. Was that even a uh, yeah, yes, joke? It oh, I think it yes, is. Yes, it is, Producer Martin. I think it is. If you can't make your case entertainingly, then you haven't made a case. No. Uh, right. Okay. Well done, Ishan. Thank you. Better luck next time, Producer Martin. was the show bit of a bit of a brilliant show back wasn't it martin well it's nice to be back in the seat you know getting those words out into the airwaves and uh, connecting with the people <laughs> yes yes and talking of connecting with the people don't forget that you can email us at nonsensedpodcast at gmail.com anything you like questions thoughts we want to hear from you And as ever, don't forget to give us five stars and uh, why not leave a nice festive review? Tell us, tell us what you've been up to. I mean, it's not really what the review uh, comment section is for, but I, for one, would like to hear it. With thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Suze Kempner, Nat Tapley and Ed Morrish. My name's Harriet Langley-Swindon and that was Non-Censored. 